Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, uh, especially since it's the first time you're actually listening to us in 2019. We hope you were blessed with the message we sent last week from Pastor Craig. There are many of us that do need to learn to let go, especially considering the great need that is around us and, of course, around the world. Speaking of which, we'd like to share with you regarding our mission trip to Ecuador over the holidays. As a ministry, we traveled to Quito, Ecuador, where we spent some time sharing the gospel and meeting basic needs for many of the Venezuelans that left their country because of dire situations, as some of you may be aware. To explain a little bit more, the close to 4 million people that have left Venezuela have not necessarily left their homeland for economic gain. Venezuela is in a critical state. People are currently suffering from malnutrition, sickness, disease, and instability, which is very hard to understand since not too long ago, Venezuela was a prosperous nation with a thriving economy, where most people lived quite comfortably. In our visit, we met with many professionals with college and university degrees, along with many other folks that have needed to leave the country because the economy is just falling apart. With the hope to gain access to some sort of work so they can give the family members they're with the bare necessities and to be able to help their families back home. The condition has become so dire that clinics and hospitals can barely give attention, let alone provide any kind of essential medicines. Many people are sick and do not have access to any kind of treatment. Like for instance, cancer patients cannot get chemotherapy. We met with some pregnant women, some of them were seven and eight months pregnant, that traveled on foot for 15 to 20 days because they had no money, leaving behind other children with their family with the hope that they could get better medical attention for when they do give to birth. Most, if not all, start their journey with some bags and some money and arrive in Ecuador exhausted, without anything on them, barely clothed. Some even lose their shoes along the way and arrive barefoot. We have taken this issue as a ministry challenge by faith, especially considering that we are a completely self-supporting ministry, which means we don't receive any money from any denomination or a church or anything like that to operate. Similar to the Apostle Paul, we work with our hands to spread the gospel. So you may have noticed an email with a link to a GoFundMe account to help gain support for those folks we do know and met and helped personally. There is much need. Our own help was just a drop in the bucket, if you will. So I encourage you to prayerfully give whatever the Lord puts in your heart. Rest assured, 100% of the funds raised will go directly to those in need. Having said all of this, I encourage you to pray for a spiritual revival in Venezuela, which is really what matters. I mean, that's the most important thing starting with its leadership. As Christians, we are not called to despise and badmouth our leaders, even those we don't like. The Lord teaches us that we must pray for those in authority. The Lord even taught we should pray and do good to our enemies. So even more so, help us pray for God's power to be shown by bringing salvation and spiritual change. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. And even though we're living through the last times, Things are not over yet. As Christians, we are supposed to stand up for what is right, no matter what the cost, which we will talk about later on, with the hope that things here on earth can still change for the better. But at the very least, we need to understand that God is watching us 
and what we do as individuals. So please pray together with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy. And as always, I give you thanks for your son, Jesus Christ, because he is the one that makes everything possible. He is the one that has made salvation possible for us. I give you thanks, O Lord, for his sacrifice. I give you thanks, O Lord, for what you did through him. I pray, Heavenly Father, Holy God, that you please forgive my sins, O Lord. And I I pray, Heavenly Father, now, like Heavenly Father, for for Venezuela and, and for what they're going through, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we know that there is much need in so many different places. But in particular, we, we pray for them right now. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we, we pray, Lord, that you, that you, above all things, may bring a spiritual revival. That you may bring a time, O oh Lord, of salvation, O oh Lord, that many may come to know you as Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, we pray for, for its leadership, Lord. We don't agree with what they're doing, but Heavenly Father, we pray for their salvation. We pray that there is... We know that there is nothing impossible for you. We pray that you touch their hearts, that you touch their minds, that you help them to understand, Lord God. First of all, that they need to accept you as Lord and Savior. And Heavenly Father, that you may just transform their lives, that you may make them different people, just like you've made so many of us different. Heavenly Father, because if it wasn't for your grace and your mercy, I would be a very different person right now. I wouldn't even be alive because it if it wasn't for your grace, I just wouldn't be here. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord, I pray again that you touch people's hearts, that you transform their minds, Lord God, that, Lord God, that you may bring that good that you want to bring about with all of this. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus now that you may guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, that you may help us to understand, O Lord, that you may help us to understand clearly what your word and your Holy Spirit is trying to tell us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. During our prayer focus or outlook, I mentioned that we're supposed to stand up for what is right, no matter what the cost. Sometimes, even when we do things right before the Lord and others, things may not work out so good. We may even be persecuted for no wrongdoing, which is the title for today's message. Our anchor passage for today's sharing can be found in Acts chapter 25, verse 1 to 12. If you want to follow along, again, it's Acts chapter 25, verse 1 to 12. And this is what we read. Now, when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul. And they petitioned him, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea, and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore he said, Let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there is any fault in him. And when he had remained among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul which they could not prove, while he answered for himself, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I offended in anything at all. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, 
Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I am an offender, or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. We see in this passage that Paul was in jail for preaching the gospel. Basically, many of the Jewish leaders did not like hearing about Jesus. They didn't want to believe that he was the Son of God, the Messiah. So they completely disliked the idea of Paul, a former religious leader himself, talking about things they hated. And they were willing to go as far as having Paul killed by persuading those in authority to do so. They basically wanted Paul dead with the goal to set an example for others so this gospel of Jesus Christ could stop spreading and finally spread away. What was ultimately their problem? The Bible teaches us through the eyes of Pontius Pilate that the religious leaders had Jesus arrested and ultimately killed because of envy. This is what the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 15, verse 6 to 15, where it says, Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them whomever they requested. This is speaking of Pilate. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd, so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to him again, What then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to him, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate wanted to gratify the crowd, release Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesus after he had scorched him to be crucified. So the person... Jesus, that had done only good to mankind, was killed for no good reason. Even though Jesus came to die for all sinners, as we know, the reasons for why they killed him did not make sense. But despite it not making sense, it still happened. Jesus taught us that since they did, they did it to him, then it would certainly happen to those that would follow him. Luke chapter 23 verse 31 says, For if they do these things in the green wood, meaning him, what will be done in the dry, meaning us? So the point Jesus tried to make was, if they did it to him, even though he was God and only did what was good while here on earth, then it would certainly happen to us. The Lord did give us more than fair warning that those that followed him would face persecution, even if they would have done nothing wrong. For it is written, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So people will lie. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
This was the travesty that Paul was dealing with. Paul had done no wrong to anyone. All he did was just talk about Jesus Christ. Prior to coming to Christ, where Paul did hurt people by persecuting them and putting them in jail and even consenting in their death, nothing bad happened to him. Actually, quite the contrary. He was very well respected. He was a person with great social and religious standing, especially in front of the Jewish leaders. He was a person of power and probably even of wealth. Prior to coming and preaching about Christ, his life was great, speaking in human terms. But once he started talking about Jesus, that greatly upset most of the Jewish leaders. That's when it all started going south for Paul. That's what ultimately led to Paul becoming a martyr for Christ, because he died for the gospel. So the question is, what would ever make a person follow something or someone that could ultimately bring more worldly problems than human success? Why would someone ultimately sacrifice their life for something or someone that may cause their destruction? The Gospel of Mark tells us this. When he had called the people to himself, speaking of Jesus, with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? When he spoke about losing their life, it meant losing life here on earth. He taught about the possibility of losing things here on earth, even our own physical life for him and the gospel. I believe there are two things that are critical to understand here. The first one is, Everything in this life has a price. Nothing is for free. And the second is this. How much faith do you really have? If you have strong faith in Christ, then you will believe and follow everything he says. But if you have a weak faith, then sooner or later, you will succumb to the world that surrounds you and you will give up your faith in Christ. This is what ultimately determines just how closely someone is determined to follow Jesus. This is how you can tell just exactly where a person's faith is, by the way they live their life. Paul understood both of these concepts. Paul understood that everything has a price, and he was willing to pay that price because he understood and believed to the fullest degree just who Christ was, and that his word and promises are everlasting, that they transcend this temporal world. He was willing to sacrifice it all because he understood the real value of things here and the real value of things in the future, in the eternal world of God. For Paul said it himself in the epistle to the Philippians, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. So following Jesus Christ bears a cost, and maybe even a great cost. Even though salvation in Christ is free, there is a cost to follow Him. And even you do, even though you do what is right before God and other people, things may or may not work out, humanly speaking or in earthly terms. Doing what is right may bear a cost. Things may turn out great, and things may not turn out so great. 
Some people may come to love us because of our faith and love in Christ, and some people may not like us very much, or maybe even come to hate us because of our faith and devotion to Christ. Anything can happen. So the question you should ask yourself is, have I come to learn just how valuable Jesus is and what he has done for me and will do for me in eternity if I put my faith in him? Am I convinced that it is more worthwhile to follow Jesus than anything else this world has to offer? Because in the end, you should think about this. How much is my soul worth to me? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we know that um, just by everything that we see in this world, that everything has a price. Everything has a cost, Lord. There's nothing that is free. Even salvation, Lord God, what, what you did to save us, it's free to us, Lord, but it was an incredible price that was paid for our salvation. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that what is here and now is only going to last for so long. Help us to understand, Lord God, that there is greater things. There are things that are, that are almost unspeakable. And, and undescribable, Lord God, of what you have for us in eternity. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to, to keep that in mind and to keep that in our hearts and, and to know, Lord God, to know that we know that we know that you are real, that you are God, that you are faithful, and that no matter what happens, Lord, that if we put our complete faith in you, that if we follow you with all of our hearts, if we remain in you, Lord God, and we, and, 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 we, and we walk what we need to walk, Lord God, and we do what we need to do for you, things may go well here or may not go well, but whatever happens here, that, Lord God, help us to keep in mind that what happens in the future, what happens later on is what really matters, Lord. There is nothing in this world, Lord God, we know that and help us to know that and to understand that, that can replace you and that can replace what you want to give each and every one of us Lord God and that you want to give it to us eternally forever and ever and that no one will be able to take away what you have for those that love you and follow you Heavenly Father I give you thanks and I praise you I pray for each person Lord God that is listening to this I pray Heavenly Father that you increase their faith that you help them to understand that it is important to follow you, that it is important to be faithful to you, that it is important to, to let you, Lord God, it is important to let you continue working in our lives and changing us and transforming us and making us stronger and better, Lord God, and that your purposes should be accomplished. Because in the end, Lord God, we'll always come out winning if we just follow you and do what you tell us to do. I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the Lord bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.